This episode is brought to you by a brand new sponsor of the show, Picmonic. Picmonic is an audiovisual learning system with unforgettable stories and characters to help you remember everything you need to know for PT school and beyond. Used by over 1.5 million students all over the world, Picmonic is perfect for streamlining your studying in an efficient manner. Listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps for a 20% discount, and first-time users can start today for free. Getting access to one learning objective and one Picmonic quiz per day, forever, at zero cost. Available on iOS, Android, and desktop. Once again, listeners of the show can use the promo code SNACKBREAK in all caps at checkout. Happy studying, and let's get right into the show. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Snack Break Podcast. I'm your host, John Schaefer, and on this podcast, I interview physical therapists, fitness professionals, and health and wellness experts. In today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be discussing something I think is very interesting, the impacts of technology and artificial intelligence on the field of healthcare and how it's changing the way healthcare professionals work. From virtual rehab tools to AI-powered diagnoses, there are a ton of exciting developments happening in the world of healthcare technology. So join us as we dive into the ways in which technology and AI are shaping the future of PT and healthcare as a whole. Whether you're a PT, a healthcare professional, or just someone who's interested in the intersection of technology and medicine, this is an episode you won't want to miss. Guys, that introduction was actually written by AI. Isn't that nuts? So as we move forward, I'll kind of talk about how I how I wrote that intro with the help of AI. Um, what are some other ways you can utilize AI, and just my overall thoughts on the direction that technology is going to push healthcare. Because I I'm still someone who is a little bit skeptical. I think it's kind of freaky, but at the same time, I think if you don't do research on it um, and see what kind of value it has you won't be able to optimize it, whereas others uh, who are more open-minded might be able to take advantage of it to make their lives easier. So I'll kind of back things up and talk a little bit about how I first discovered some of this, um, some of these different trends within AI and what my thoughts are on them. So we have to go back quite a, quite a ways to see where this all started for me. Um, and I'll just say I know there's split opinions on the value of TikTok. So I used it a lot during the pandemic. It was kind of a way for me to pass time. Um, and I just think it's pretty entertaining. It's just crazy to me how tailored the content is that I felt like every single video was directly for me. But uh, just then, you know, there came a point where I was a little bit too addicted, had to delete the app and try and move on with my life a little bit. I figured there was probably better ways I should be spending my time. But I'll occasionally re-download the app, especially if I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. I know, you know, if I watch a couple videos, um, there's just something about TikTok compared to Reels that I really, really enjoy. So if I'm ever feeling down, I'll re-download the app um, and I'll watch videos for a while. So there was a period, it must have been probably two or three weeks ago now, uh, where I was having one of those days where I was like, nothing seems to be going right. I'm kind of in a slump. I download TikTok. And as I'm scrolling through some of the videos, there starts to become a little bit of a trend. Um, Most of the videos I saw had to do with this, uh, with this new software, it's called chat GPT. Um, And people were typing different things into it, asking it questions, it was responding, I didn't really know what it was. Um, And then there was another 
tool that was called Jasper and people were writing books, writing essays with it. And I was like, what, what's happening here? Why is this my entire feed? Well, of course I was interacting with a lot of the videos. Um, so before I knew it, every single video I was seeing was with this, this AI technology that I didn't understand. And then outside of those videos, I was also seeing, um, people making AI art of themselves. And I was like, what, what is, what's that all about? Um, there's another app called Lensa, um, that I was seeing a lot of artists complaining about was, you know, taking, going to be taking their jobs in the future, this and that. And so my, my entire TikTok was now AI and I feel like it kind of went from zero to a hundred. I feel like AI is something that's kind of, you know, been talked about on and off, but I just assumed it was kind of something that was still pretty far away, not something that's going to be affecting our lives um, and many aspects of it pretty quickly after or pretty quickly coming up here. So I just wanted to note a few different things about chat GPT. Um, so everyone kind of has a baseline working knowledge of what it is, but basically it's an open AI platform, meaning anybody can use it. Anyone who has access to the internet can log on. Um, it's dialogue based, meaning you can ask questions and get a conversational response. And it utilizes data from the history of the internet up until I think it's like 2019, meaning that it cannot respond to current events. So it's not necessarily meant to be used as a search engine or anything like that. I'll talk a little bit about where I found the most value in using it. Um, but people are still kind of trying to understand what it can do, what it can't do, and try and push its limits and asking it different things. But anyways, as more and more videos about this chat GPT came up, I caved and logged onto the website and made an account. And I was thinking, okay, let's, you know, get to work, see what we can ask it. And I'm always, I'm always looking for different ways that I can apply some of this stuff to like what I'm already doing to maybe make my life a little bit easier and see if I can come up with anything that I can provide value to, you know, the people I interact with. So I'm the next thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to pull up chat GPT here and we're going to do like a little live search and uh, see what it comes up with for some different questions I have prepared. Okay, so I just pulled up chat GPT here um, and I'm going to put it through a series of tests here just so I can kind of show you, you know, the power and utility for, <laughs> for pretty much anyone. So the first thing I'm going to type in here, uh, let's do 10 ingredient grocery list for easy meal prep. Let's see what it comes up with here. Okay, so it's saying here's an easy, or here's a list of 10 ingredients that can be used in a variety of easy meal prep recipes. One, chicken breast. Two, brown rice. Three, quinoa. Four, frozen vegetables, such as broccoli, bell peppers, and onions. Five, canned beans, such as black beans, kidney beans, chickpeas. Six, eggs. Seven, Greek yogurt. Eight, nuts, such as almonds and cashews. Nine, frozen fruit, such as berries and mango. Ten, whole grain wraps or pitas. Uh, with these ingredients, you could make a variety of dishes, such as grilled chicken and vegetable bowls with quinoa, black bean and egg burritos uh, with Greek yogurt and salsa, or a protein-packed spinach and fruit smoothie for breakfast. The possibilities are endless. Just based off that simple search, I mean, there's no delay. It's just rapid fire telling me um 
what I could do for my grocery list. So something as easy as that, it's like, okay, I don't even have to think about it. It might not be a situation where I use all of those, but <laughs> now I don't have to think. Like, it's just giving me ideas immediately. And I think the power is not necessarily in getting the exact response you want. Um, it's just having so many ideas at your fingertips. So that's the first example. Let's think of something else we can do here. Okay, so I think for this next example, uh, I want to pretend that I'm being just, you know, your average Joe who's trying to get a little bit more information about like working out, getting some different ideas there. So I'm going to say, write me a two day workout routine to get stronger with four exercises each day okay here is a two-day workout routine that focuses on strength training uses using four exercises per day day one squats three sets of eight to twelve reps two push-ups three sets of eight to twelve reps lunges three sets of eight to twelve reps per leg planks three sets of 30 to 45 seconds day two deadlifts three sets of eight to twelve reps Bench press, three sets of eight to 12 reps. Bicep curls, three sets of eight to 12 reps. Tricep dips, three sets of eight to 12 reps. And that says, be sure to warm up before each workout with some light cardio and dynamic stretching. It's also important to allow for adequate rest between sets, about 60 to 90 seconds. As you get stronger, you can increase the number of sets, reps, or weight for each exercise, continue challenging your muscles. Okay, so, yeah, you know, probably not great. Um, it's very general. And I don't know um, the value beyond just like general ideas. Because again, even thinking about like strength training, if you're truly looking at getting strength, you know, eight to 12 reps, that's a lot more in the hypertrophy range. So this isn't necessarily critically thinking um it doesn't seem like and obviously if you're looking from an outs an outsider's perspective and you have a lot of background knowledge in like strength and conditioning you can take one look at this and be like okay yeah that's really not great beyond just having general ideas um but you know again still some utility for someone i'm sure Okay, so I think the next kind of example I want to dive into is how I've used this the most so far, and that is for research synthesis. So what I'm going to do next is I'm just going to log on to, we'll go to PubMed here, let's see, PubMed, okay, and then I'm just going to type in, uh, let's do, let's do ACL. ACL and healing. Okay, so I have an article that I want to look at here. That's uh, acute, it's acute anterior cruciate ligament rupture repair or reconstruction. Uh, Two-year results of a randomized controlled clinical trial. Okay, seems fine. So I'm going to copy and paste this article into Chat GPT. So I've got that pulled up in my other window here. Um, I copied and pasted it, and at the very bottom, I'm going to say summarize this article in five bullets. Okay, it's thinking. Here it goes. Bullet one. This study compared the effectiveness of dynamic augmented ACL suture repair with ACL reconstruction for the treatment of acute ACL rupture. 48 patients were randomized to receive either dynamic augmented ACL suture repair or ACL reconstruction.
The primary outcome measure was the International Knee Documentation Committee subjective score at two years post-surgery. The results show that dynamic augmented ACL suture repair was not inferior to ACL reconstruction in terms of subjective patient reported outcomes as measured with the IK IKDC subjective score. However, there are more related adverse events leading to repeat surgery of the dynamic augmented ACL suture repair group compared to the ACL reconstruction group within two years post-surgery. Wow. So, I mean, all I did was copy and paste and I was able to get that summary in, you know, 20 to 30 seconds. I didn't really have to sift through the article in a super in-depth manner. Now, I will say that there are a lot of dangers in this approach. With the technology still being fairly new and us not necessarily having a great grasp on how well it's able to synthesize um, and condense these articles, you're kind of rolling the dice, especially um, depending on how important it is for you to have 100% accurate knowledge or understanding of what the article is saying. But if you're someone who you know is looking through all kinds of research all the time, has your head in the books, um, this can really I can really see this speeding up the process to which you don't have to spend so much time looking at every single article. You can just get the highlights um, and decide, okay, is this something I want to look a little bit further into? Um, is this something you know worth my time, worth investigating more? So you can use a little bit as a uh, screening process in understanding, you know, again, where do you want to dive deeper? So again, this is extremely useful technology, but it's used in adjunct with your critical reasoning and the knowledge you already have regarding what you're looking for. So something else that I've seen talked about a lot. Um, is using AI for like patient education. Um, so that's something I'm a little bit curious about too. So I want to type in something coming up here just about like patient friendly terms, seeing how well it is able to do with um, simplifying a complex topic. So I'm going to ask it, I'm going to say, um, explain to a patient spinal stenosis in patient friendly terms. Let's see what it comes up with here. So spinal stenosis is a condition in which the spaces of your spine, where your spinal cord and your nerves go, become narrow. This can cause problems because it can put pressure on your spinal cord or nerves. This pressure can cause pain, numbness, or weakness in your back, neck, or legs. It can also make it hard to walk or do other activities. Spinal stenosis is usually caused by things like arthritis, bone spurs, or a herniated disc. It is most common in people over 50, but it can happen to people of any age. There are different ways to treat spinal stenosis, including physical therapy where you're at now, medications, and sometimes surgery. Your doctor will be able to recommend the best treatment for you based on the cause of your spinal stenosis and how severe it is. Okay, interesting. So I feel like this is almost something you'd see in like an educational pamphlet or something along those lines. Um, it didn't necessarily, I don't know, for this response, it didn't do anything like super, super crazy. It's impressive, but I feel like that'd be very similar to like if you Googled spinal stenosis. Um, let's see, how can we push this further? So maybe I'm going to ask it to shorten its definition and see what it comes up with here. So I'm going to say... 
shorten your explanation to three sentences. Okay, it says spinal stenosis is a condition that occurs when the spaces in the spine become narrow, which can put pressure on the spinal cord or nerves and cause pain, numbness, or weakness. It is often caused by arthritis, bone spurs, or herniated disc. It is most common in people over 50. Treatment options often include physical therapy, medications, or surgery. So something I'm seeing a lot when you like ask it to shorten... Um, ask it to shorten explanation or cut things down it'll often just take off information at the end um, and if you ask it to lengthen an ex explanation or want like additional options then what will typically happen is it'll just like rephrase things a little bit differently or repeat itself um, so it has a little bit of trouble either expanding or can or condensing information which is a limitation that i see um, pretty frequently when i'm trying to use it but i mean the the opportunities are pretty endless to use this technology and i think it's fun to just kind of play around with it and try and stretch it i'm gonna ask let's ask just one more question here i'm gonna say uh, explain pt and or explain physical therapy physical therapy in one sentence to a five-year-old Let's see what we get here. Physical therapy is a type of treatment that helps people to move and feel better by using exercises and other techniques to improve their strength, flexibility, and other aspects of physical function. Hmm. Interesting. So, I mean, you can play around with this all day. You can ask it all kinds of questions, see how much it knows, see how much it doesn't know. Um, but at the end of the day, like I was saying before, a lot of it's just going to come down to simplifying concepts, um, at least giving you different ideas. And at the end of the day, you're still in control. You can still decide if you want to take its advice, if you want to use um, some of the language it's recommending. Uh, even like for this podcast, all I did was type in asking it for, let's see if I can pull up the exact prompt. Um, okay, so I lost the prompt, but basically all I did was ask, I said, write a, write a podcast introduction for, um, a podcast that's going to be talking about utilizing artificial intelligence, um, in healthcare moving forward in the future. And it responded. So if I liked it, I could have used the whole thing word for word. If I didn't, I could have taken pieces that worked and cut out pieces that didn't. But in order for me to like sit down and think of what I want to write for that, maybe it takes five, ten minutes. Whereas if I have if I have that prompt already in front of me, it's like I can play around with it and I can adjust it quite a bit. Um, and I've already seen there's like all kinds of news articles about like the death of high school English and things like that because people are just using things like Chad GPT asking it to write like a high school English essay or Jasper is another um, language-based AI. Um, so, that, I mean, it's, it's getting pretty weird, I'm not going to lie, but there's also people working to um, develop technology that will recognize when something like Chad GPT is being used in that setting because some of the syntax is you know beyond what you'd expect at that age level or you know it just something's a little bit different when it's written by ai and you can kind of tell 
So that's kind of why I say that the the critical reasoning piece is what's going to be the big thing moving forward. It's like, okay, if we all have access to this thing, um, who's going to be able to critically reason and understand how to use it to their advantage? Those are going to be the ones um, that are able to thrive in this environment where maybe if you don't understand it or aren't willing to give it a try, you might be at a little bit more of a disadvantage. That's not to say um, it's going to be a huge setback, but the, I mean, this is this is pretty big technology that, that I think is going to change the future for a lot of us and really every aspect of the, of healthcare and, you know, other sectors as well. But I think my initial view, as I started to hear about some of the, some of these different technologies, um, coming out, I think my, my initial view is always like hesitancy, maybe just a little bit like scared of it. I mean, it, it is, as I've said a couple times before, it's a little bit creepy. It's different. Is this thing smarter than me? Like all these questions start to go through your head wondering, like, I don't know, is this, is this going to take my job at some point? But I think when we approach new technology and things like this, um, with a sense of optimism, wondering how we can use it to uh, optimize our life, to help improve uh, practices, improve systems, um, to simplify the way that we do things. I think that that approach um, is a much more healthy one to take than just assuming that you know this thing's gonna this thing's gonna take us out of the job. It's gonna it's gonna be smarter than us. It's something to be afraid of. I, and I, even though it's uncomfortable, I don't think that's the I don't think that's necessarily the right approach to take. Because, you know, at the end of the day, patients really do, patients and clients both really do crave that human component where you're able to actually connect with someone um, who's able to hear your entire story, get a full picture of who you are, what you're trying to do, what sorts of things you're trying to get back to doing. Um, and I don't think this technology, at least at this point in time, can even come close to um, some of that human connection that our patients are getting when they interact with us. So I think as long as, you know, you continue to foster relationships with your patients, with your clients, using this as an adjunct is just going to help elevate your practice even further at this point in time. Um, the other, I guess the other AI technology I wanted to talk a little bit about just because I think it's interesting, it's kind of fun. Uh, it's called Lensa, uh, and that's like a digital art platform. It's, it's a, it takes place in the form of an app. Um, and with this uh, with this app, what you can do is you can upload, there's a couple different options. I think you usually upload like 10 photos of yourself, maybe 10, 15. And I think there's an option for 20. Um, and after you put in all those photos, you kind of just wait around for 15 or 20 minutes. You pay seven bucks. I think it is for a hundred pictures. You can pay maybe 12 bucks for 500 pictures. And I think there's even an option for more. So this is another, you know, trend I found on TikTok. So I'm like, okay, let's go ahead and give it a try. I've seen a lot of other people do it. Maybe I'll get some cool photos from it. And so I paid for the $7 version. I feel, felt like a low entry point. Let's go ahead and check it out. Uh, picked my 10 photos and then I waited uh, probably 20, 25 minutes. And when I got my pictures back, I think the first one I saw it was like me sitting at the head of the table in some metallic armor. I had a beard that must have been eight feet long 
And this thing, this guy looked pretty much identical to me, except he looked absolutely ridiculous. He was that like, I don't, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. He had like a medieval chalice in his hand. Um, and he was just like straight face. So I was like, okay, this, we're not off to a great start. Like what? Why am I Gandalf? Um, and then the next one I saw, let's see, it was my, I think the next photo, as soon as I scrolled to the left, the dude had the horns coming out of his head. So I'm thinking, did I just select poor pictures or like what in the world is going on? But I mean, all these pictures look ultra realistic, realistic. Um, but as I continue to scroll to others, I mean, there, there are kind of some cool pictures. Um, there's like a retro astronaut photo. Um, there was like an old grainy, old grainy picture of me that almost made you look like Bob Ross. Um, and I don't, I don't know. There are some, there are some unique artistic takes on me, I guess. Some of them were, some of them were spot on. Others were way off. Um, like someone gave me a full head of hair. I most certainly do not have a full head of hair right now. Um, but I don't know. I've seen a lot of people use them as their profile pictures. And I just thought it was kind of cool to have all these different artsy designs of uh, myself. I sent them to like family, friends, everyone got a kick out of them. I was like, where did you get these? Um, because in the past, kind of what it's been is if you want a stylistic or artistic design of yourself, you can like contract out um, different individuals or different artists who basically do that for a living, um, is come up with these stylistic designs of people. And now I kind of touched on it earlier, but now we have the, this AI capacity. So for artists, it's kind of a question of, okay, like, is this going to put them out of work? Um, and you know, I, I don't know the answers. I really don't. Um, it's just, again, a different piece of technology coming along and, it's certainly going to change the way that things are, but I don't necessarily think it's um, anything to be afraid of. So Lensa, again, just kind of cool, something different. One of those other things I found on TikTok, not necessarily super related to, you know, anything I'm doing PT-wise or anything that's going to help advance your career, but just, you know, something something funny, something cool, something different. So this, this podcast episode is a little bit different. Um, if it's something that you guys like, I'll continue to touch on kind of current topics within the world of PT, um, different things that I'm doing to help utilize uh, or streamline to make my practice a little bit more efficient as technology continues to advance. I didn't even scrape the surface when it comes to talking about like telehealth and virtual services. That might be something I chat about a little bit in a future episode. Um, but yeah, overall, I think we're living in a very exciting time. We're seeing a lot of changes in terms of technology, artificial intelligence. And I think all that is going to, it's going to find its way into all different fields. And it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how different people utilize it in different ways. So start playing around with some of this different stuff. Uh, let me know how you're using it. And um, very excited to see the direction that some of this technology goes. So thanks for tuning in. Everyone have a fantastic week and we will see you on the next one.